0: The latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo All right, everybody, welcome in to the live post game show. The Raiders 31-16 losers to the Dallas Cowboys in the final preseason game of the season. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do that for us wherever you get your audio Just look for Silver and Black today. Hit on the auto-download so that you get a new show every time. And, of course, after every game, we are live here, too, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Rumble and Twitch. So wherever you want to find us, you can find us there. So we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, And uh, up on the show today, as always, we have Murph from Raiders Fan Radio uh, with the voice of the fan reaction to the game. And also in the final segment... Mo will join me, my usual broadcast partner. He's doing his Bleacher Report live right now, which he also does after every game. Yes, we're just all over the place. So he will join us in the final segment and give us his impressions of tonight's game. Those that you can draw from it. Some of you guys are getting a little frustrated. I'd say just relax a little bit. But let's bring in uh, my good friend, and that is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio uh, and Murph, you know, it's it's one of those deals, the third preseason game, by the way, follow Murph on Twitter at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. Also Raiders fan radio, a great live show. If you, if you have a bad day, even if you have a good day, but if you have a bad day, tune in to Murph, Swag Jeff and Michelle. And trust me, your day will get a heck of a lot brighter because <laughs> they are a blast to watch. Uh, and not only that, but they do some great things for charity, which we'll get into later in the show. But Murph, as always, we start with you with Voice of the Fan. Okay, the Raiders don't go perfect in the preseason. They did last year. They finished 6-11. and So maybe, just maybe, that is actually a good sign that they didn't go perfect in the preseason. But clearly tonight, uh, a lot of third stringers on that defense... A lot of guys, I wouldn't say fighting for jobs because I don't believe that they are. I think they're just out there trying to showcase their abilities. The team allows them to do that. So hopefully they can catch on somewhere. But give me your initial reaction, what you saw tonight, what you saw that you liked, because we're going to start with the positive, And then tell me what you saw that you didn't feel too good about.
1: All right, well, I could start off by saying this. I don't know which is worse—the fact that I watch this because I'm a sucker for punishment, or the fact that you watch it because it's your job. But like, I'm telling you, like, nothing drags on worse than the third preseason game nowadays, and uh, it's a little bit of a rough watch. I think I'd rather go back through Game of Thrones season eight than watch that thing again. But anyways, <laughs> um, there's, you know, it was it was interesting to watch. I think there were some positive takeaways there. Uh, a lot, I hear a lot of Raider fans piling up on Tyree Wilson. Um, but look, man, he's a rook. He hadn't got a lot of time in preseason. He's coming off an injury, and yet he's still mauling fools at the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, I think when you when you saw the the sheer power and his ability to impact the line of scrimmage, I think that like that's a positive thing to definitely take away from. I hear a lot of people that are that are dogging out Aiden O'Connell on some throws and some things. I'm like. I don't know. Did we watch the same preseason game? Like, I saw a guy that was still in command of the offense. I saw it, a guy that could still have some escapability to him. A guy that could still deliver the ball downfield. And like, listen, Raider Nation. Like, and 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 I and listen, I'm not a film guy. I'm not an expert mechanics guy. I'm not a former pro athlete nor a journalist or anything else. I'm a fan with a microphone in my bonus room. So consider my opinion for all that it is. But I do know this: that sometimes, as fans, we look at the like big splashy highlight plays the sports center plays the fantasy football plays we look at those types of plays and we use those in terms to evaluate players and especially quarterback but when you see what he did on that out route to Trey Tucker those are the kind of NFL throws that scouts look for that coaches look for those are the kinds of throws that win you jobs it's not these crazy athletic down the field that it's Executing a throw like that, you know how much velocity you have to have on the football oh, to yeah. execute a deep out route? Like, I mean, come on, Raider Nation. Like, there's still a lot to be encouraged by. And 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 most importantly, we got to consider the context of this football game. Correct. And and listen, with Aiden
0: O'Connell, you can't be perfect all the time. And he was out there with the third string offensive line. Okay. I'm not just making excuses for him because he had some miscues as well. He's human. Imagine that. He's actually human. The Tyree Wilson thing is ridiculous. Do you, I mean, if you're out there and you were criticizing Tyree Wilson, Tyree Wilson hasn't been on a football field since November, November with his injury. Okay. So he hasn't even been on the football field other than a couple practices. Yes. He got blown up a couple times, but otherwise he rushed the pass or did really well. And I thought for his first live action since November, he did really well considering it's not enough of a sample size to go on. But I know you've talked about it on your show. We, Mo and I have talked about it on this show as well, Murph, which is this is a guy who I don't expect anything from until maybe week three or four. He's got to get in shape. His camp has been short because he just got on the field. So it's going to take some time. So I, I don't think you should be negative about it. I understand where a lot of Raider Nation is because of disappointments and all that. But remember, the guys on the field tonight are not going to be, for the most of them, are not going to be on the roster come Wednesday. So what you saw tonight versus what you saw, I was talking with somebody on Twitter, Murph, and like, I don't see the same energy tonight. I'm like, yeah, it's not the same guys. Uh, It's not (laughs) the same guys. So so I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here crowning the Raiders' defense as great, but they played better in the previous games. And we'll get into some of the stats here as well. But you look at what happened, and yes, the defense from the get-go did not do well. They got gashed. Greer, by the way, had been told before the game that he would not make the Cowboys roster. So he went out and he balled out. He was he was showcasing himself. The Cowboys did him a solid by playing him the entire game. So what I think you should do, especially always in week three, of the preseason is not read too much into anything. You saw some nice performance. Damien Williams had a nice performance. He didn't get any carries before this. Um, He looked good. I don't think he makes the roster either. And that's part of the reason they showcased him. But I think you have to look at that and remember this was more of a scrimmage than it was even a preseason game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we, we saw what – I mean, how many actual starters or projected starters did we see in the game? I mean, I don't even – like you said, I think at Tyree Wilson, it's going to take him a little bit to get up and run. Right. Maybe Ja'Cory and Bennett. Like, I think it might end there. Maybe, uh, you know um, – uh, Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Amari Burney, like, I mean, maybe some some good. Yeah. You know what what I mean? So, but aside from that, yeah, we just saw a bunch of depth guys in there uh, tonight. Again, Luke Masterson's kind of struggled a little bit on defense. Um, I think uh, uh, um, Amik struggled a little bit tonight. I think Duke Shelley struggled a little bit tonight. But are those guys like we've been talking about so far this offseason? Those are bubble guys. Yeah. like those those all those guys are kind of on the bubble so I'm with you and, and like and with that's the thing we got to remember this thing in context here we're talking about guys that are competing for the the lowest roster spots if like you said or gonna be on the team at all so it's it's a real tough evaluation I mean these are these these are the kind of games that are for coaches to really flesh out the very very bottoms and bottom end of the roster the end right. like that's it so there's not really a lot to be taken from it from terms of a, a competitive standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I'm with you. And that's why they're frankly kind of boring to watch, right? Like there's not really a ton of takeaways you can get from there other than like when you do see a nice set of lack of starters, but because, and, and O'Connell is not one, but do you want to see any kind of consistency or any sign, sign of play making ability or anything like that? You do. And while it was like you said, inconsistent in, in, in some moments, it's still, you're talking about a fourth-round guy here. We knew that he was going to be a little bit of a, of a project or there was sure. going to be a learning curve. And, you know, and listen, the pressure is not on him. This is something I thought about, Scott, this last week. When you look at previous regimes of the Raiders, whether it was Reggie McKenzie or it was freaking Mike Mayock and John Gruden, when you look at the way that we used to draft they would like find their guy. Gruden was so famous for that, right? Oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah, and then you draft (laughs) your guy in the first freaking round, and then all of a sudden there's all these high expectations on your guy. Well, that's not what happened with Aiden O'Connell. He got drafted in the fourth round. So we got to adjust our expectations to a fourth rounder. Previous regimes would have freaking gone out of their way to get Aiden O'Connell in the first or second round, and then guess what? Then we could evaluate him with those same kind of expectations. But that's not what we got. We got a fourth-round guy. Give a break, third, third preseason game. Like, <laughs> listen, and I don't think he was that bad. Like, I frankly, I saw a lot of great throws tonight. And while he was off the mark on a couple, I don't think it was as bad. But it was, and then the last thing I'll give you to is this: Daniel Carlson hit the second longest field goal in Raiders history. I don't yeah. care if it's preseason, postseason, in season, doesn't matter. Sixty-two yards is sixty-two freaking yards. And when yeah. you got a weapon like that in your special teams. Let's go, man. Like that was, that was probably the most exciting thing in the game tonight. (laughs) Freaking pop that sucker from 62. That was awesome.
0: Yes. And, and I mean, he's just Mr. Automatic, Daniel Carlson. And and he had another 50 yarder to add to that one as well. And, and just, you know, when he kicks the ball, you don't even worry about it. It's pretty remarkable when you watch him and he goes out there to kick. You're like, yeah, okay, done. Doesn't matter. 62, 52, (laughs) 50, 47. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, and I think with the Aiden O'Connell thing, too, he's gotten so much love, not only from all of us in the media, but also fans. And I think that you look at a game like this, and you have to remember, too, preseason, yes, the Raiders won the first two games, and that was nice, and they look good on both sides of the ball. But these are really evaluation periods. So what you have to look at is, yes, you can look at the overall performance, and we've talked about it. He had the highest quarterback rating in the entire preseason coming into this game. But you have to look at things like you talked about, that out throw, Uh, a couple other throws that he had during the game, too, especially when he had that 24-yard completion being flushed out of the pocket. Listen, a lot of quarterbacks go down in that situation. They throw the ball away. He turned it into a 24-yard. That's where you have to look at it. And I'm not saying, like you said, Murph, the the kid is a fourth-rounder. He's not going to do everything. He's a developmental. Anybody listens to this show or your show, we say the same thing, which is, look, he's the backup quarterback. He's not the starting quarterback. Nobody thinks he's going to be a starter in the NFL right now, unless he has to, because Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. But when you look at what he's able to do, and even on quote unquote, not his best night of the preseason, he goes 17 to 26, 170 yards. Of course, no touchdowns, no interceptions, no interceptions, no interceptions, by the way, with a young quarterback. That's what you're looking at is you don't want to turn the ball over. And he did not turn the ball over, despite the Cowboys blitzing on almost every down, by the way, tonight. So you saw a lot of pressure come at him and you had a very porous and poor offensive line in front of him. uh, And he performed pretty well. So so did he perform great? No, but he did pretty dang good. So I don't think you can look at that. I think people look for negatives. People build people up and then they want to bring them down already after three weeks. But overall, yes. but you look at this, Mo, I mean, excuse me, Murph, and you look at this and you say, the Raiders overall, yeah, Murph, Murph. <laughs> yeah, Mo Murph, Mo <laughs> Murph, the M's are, I'm surrounded by M's, um, but but you look at this and and you look at the Raiders in the game, two of nine on third down, okay, two of nine on third uh, down, they had just 16 first downs in the game to the Cowboys, 28. So for all of you last year who saying, well, it's the defense, it's the defense. Well, again, tonight the defense didn't help the offense out very often. And Aiden O'Connell moved the ball pretty well, but they just could not they could not do it. They had three hundred and twenty one total yards uh to the Cowboys four hundred and fifty seven. And listen, you sometimes too, you run into a player and you look you look at what happened with Will Greer. Twenty eight of thirty four, two hundred and seventy two yards, two touchdowns, uh, and no interceptions as well. So he had a good night. And the defense wasn't good. The offensive line wasn't great either. And you look at the rushing. You had Damian Williams with the 54 yards and a nine-yard average. Of course, he had the one big run as well for 24 yards. But overall, it just wasn't a great night based on the people you saw. But if you look through and you're watching like I do, I watch the game, these games, more about individual performances, watching singular guys, knowing that the game doesn't matter. Okay? And there were some bright spots there.
1: Yeah. And again, we look at the defensive lapses like our tackling in the secondary was oh. terrible. Like when you look at, at at some of the misses and some of the, the the bad angles and the arms and all the things that were happening happening in the in the tackling in the secondary it was not great. But those are again, go to your point. There are a lot of guys that we're likely not going to see on the team next week. So like why get all freaked out about it? Like instead, I look at a thing like. Nestor Jade Silvera and his ability to move the line of scrimmage like Mm -hmm. that's way more interesting to me than the overall performance of the defense I look at again I hate to keep bringing him up but I these things keep popping in my head. I look at Aiden O'Connell and that Passy through to Cam Sims. First off, amazing catch by Cam Sims with that 6'5 frame, able to go up there and get the ball. But, like, it's literally in a spot where no one else can get it. Like, it's a perfect throw. Exactly. And so when you see that, like, those are the kind of things that I lock into. And not just in the spirit of, like, I'm only going to look for positive things and not acknowledge negative things. It's just that when you look at the things that are in the negative balance, they're not associated with things that are going to count and or matter in another week. So it, why waste your time in being critical of them and getting on Twitter and whatever. I mean, like you said, people just like to look for the negative and, and, you know, they look for negative the negative in a lot of things in life, let alone a Raider football game, which there's plenty of evidence to do that in the past 20 years. But like <laughs> it's, it's just that idea of like, don't, don't spend that energy. I would encourage you this: you do your fandom, however you do your fandom Raider nation, yeah. but I would encourage you this. Don't look to, to be critical of the things that won't matter. Like, who cares? Like, who, you know what I mean? Cause it, it doesn't, it's not going to matter to the coaching staff. These guys are showcasing for other teams, including the quarterback of the other team that played tonight. It's literally not going to matter. It's right. going to be the Dak Prescott, right. Trey Lance show. Will Greer is not going to be a part of the team. So, what does it matter? You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. so I would just get, you know, and, and it's listen, almost like preseason is yeah. almost ineffective in the third game nowadays. Like, it ain't the yes. old days where it yes. used to be like four games, and by the third game, you're playing all your starters and like all that right. stuff. Those days are long gone, man. The preseason is <laughs> a whole other animal nowadays. Well, and I'll tell you, there's you, look, there's going to
0: be people, and I've come across these people, and there's some there's there's folks that come in our chat on YouTube during these live shows, and and hit me up on Twitter during the games, and they're just always negative. And listen, like you said, you're not going to tell somebody how to fan. If you want to be constantly negative, you can be constantly negative, and I'm not telling you you're wrong. I might disagree with you, and that's fine. But overall, you look at where things are. And you have to be somewhat optimistic. If you're not optimistic, fine. You can call me whatever you want; it doesn't really matter. By the way, shout out to Swag Jeff Murph, who's watching live. Hey, Swago! Um, so he's yes, he's in the chat and he's in there mixing it up with stuff in here uh, and 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 defending A O'Connell because apparently in the chat some people are down on A O'Connell. Go figure. All right, listen, we're going to take a really quick break when we come back here on Silver and Black today. Murph and I mow on m o w on with our conversation about the game here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. All right. Welcome back. Silver and black today, the postgame edition. Raiders 31-16 losers to the Dallas Cowboys down in Jerry World. It is Scott Colbranson, your host, and along with Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Momo, will join us in the third segment if he finishes up his Bleacher Report assignment. Uh, like he usually does. So I'm sure we'll see him in just a few minutes. But anyway, thanks for being with us. Also reminder, we are an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the bet in Las Vegas. So you could be listening to us early on a Sunday morning. In Las Vegas, so thank you for being with us there on the radio. But we are talking about this game and uh, the post game reaction to what happened. Now we look at what happened today, and I said early on in this game, and you talked about it a little bit too, Murph, earlier earlier in the first segment. And that was, look, there's guys fighting for the job. The reality is there might be a couple guys that were out there tonight that are on the bubble that needed to have a good night. For the most part, no. The coaching staff has its mind made up. They've seen these guys in practice now for weeks. They know who they want, and so it's going to go forward. But if you look at some of the stats, I want to call out some of the performances tonight because there were some guys. Jesper Horsted, who was your guy last year, Murph, remember, uh, did really <laughs> well. Hey, two catches, 21 yards today, so if he doesn't make the roster, then at least he goes out. But I have to tell you, a guy that I'm really torn about And I don't think he'll make it just because the room is so crowded. Christian Wilkerson, seven receptions, 83 yards. Good for that kid. And, you know, maybe he ends up being on the Raiders practice squad if somebody doesn't grab him. But the other thing with him was him and Aiden O'Connell just have a connection. And um, you can't overlook that. So my guess would be if the Raiders can, they'll hold on to him. On the practice squad as well. Michael Mayer also had a good night. Two catches, twenty yards. Um, he did have a couple missed blocks, something he's talked about openly that he needs to get better at in the NFL. But uh, but then he also did some really well work in the trenches. So for some of these starters, the limited starters who did see action, or, or I don't even know if you call Mayer a starter. I think he's probably going to go in being uh, tight end two uh, bes- behind Austin Hooper. Um, he looked good though. So you look at those things and, and that's where you have to look at in games like these, you can't look at this as the same as a regular season game. And, and that's why I don't understand the negativity out there with some of the fans.
1: Yeah, I don't either. And I'm with you on Michael Mayer. I mean, you know, he, he, had, and I love the way, like he, he's got grit, man. He like your players talk about, you know, want, wanting to, you know, have teammates that have some dog in them. He's, he's one of those guys, I think, you know what I mean? When you see him battle for yards late, um, people call him baby Gronk, but I think he's more like baby Dave Casper to me, man. Like <laughs> we're not 87 out of Notre Dame. Like that's, that's baby Dave. And, 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 you know, and Casper was pretty gritty. He was, he had a lot of, you know, Casper was ahead. Oh, I won't get into a whole history thing here, but like Casper was a little ahead of his time in terms of that being that finesse, you know, tight end downfield, you know, goes to the post, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but like, that's, that's kind of where, where, where Michael Mayer's headed. And, and of course, Casper was amazing on that line blocking as well, along with one of the greatest offensive lines in the history of football, starting with Gene Upshaw and Archell. So, um, I, I think there's a, there's a lot. There that you know, and I'm an old school guy, and I'm, an old, I'm a fan of the old school Raiders, and I just love to see players that are reminiscent of other players, and so uh and, and so he reminds me a lot of that, so I'm really encouraged by by Michael Mayer, and again we got a long way to go, and it's just like I would just encourage you, this Raider Nation, like don't get don't let your mind get made up for on you know, by a, by a third preseason game. Like, if we go <laughs> 0-4 and Jimmy G and Tyree Wilson both break their feet, like, okay, then then go for it. Like, you know what I mean? But until, like, those type of things happen, like, I got to say, man, and I know we're, we're talking about this game in particular, not the most recent biggest news, frankly, way bigger than anything that happened in this game, was the idea that we signed Josh Jacobs to a one-year yeah. $12 million contract. Like, that idea that, like, Josh Jacobs is back – he signed for, you know, a, a couple million bucks over. We still have the rights to franchise tag him for another 12, 12 million if we choose to next year. But the bottom line is the Raiders have his rights for the next couple of years. Like, if, if, when you look at the nucleus of this football team, you look at the core of this football team, let's get past like what happened in the second half of the third preseason game with guys that aren't going to be on the team. Instead, yeah. let's turn our attention to the young nucleus of players that have excelled in this preseason. Then you couple that with the veterans and the already other younger guys that are already on this team, Nate Hobbs, Max Crosby, yada yada, right? We can go down the list. Let's be excited about what this team is built. And I'm I'm listening and I, I get all crazy in my silver and black heart, my feelings every single year. And I the oh, Raiders are gonna win the Super Bowl. But I think like this year, like legitimately. Last year we came into the came into the season with all the expectations. We we yeah. I mean Everybody that was associated with being a Raider fan or a journalist was saying, this team's going to do some things, including the biggest of media personalities like Kyle Brandt and Rich Eisen and all these people were all about the Raiders last year. And what did what? they do? They didn't do nothing. This year, no one's expecting the Raiders to do anything. And I'm telling you, this might be the year where we actually surprise some people because it's not yeah. false bravado. I don't think we have this like – we're, like, talking ourselves into, like, oh, Justin Tuck's really going to do it for us this year on the defensive <laughs> line. No, we really have some freaking players this year. And I'm telling you, Scott, I'm encouraged not only for this season, but oh, yeah. going forward, This, like, we're building a team that's going to probably stay together for a hot minute and not be doing this shuffle thing and all the stuff that we've been so used to for all these years. So, I'm yep. telling you, man, but walk into that, Raider Nation. I, again, do you do your fandom the way you do? But for me, man, I'm going to choose to like look at that because that's something that we have not seen. Like, yes. regardless of no how question. you feel no about question. the team right now, we have not seen a young nucleus of excelling players in a freaking minute, man. It's long been a time. long time. It has been. And I'll tell you this. I think, I think
0: I wrote a piece up on sportsnot.com about that, about that the Raiders' strategic advantage – is the fact that people aren't giving them much of a shot, okay? And so they still got to get it done on the field, and they got a long road to hoe. I mean, it's a tough early season schedule, so so I'm with you there, and I think that's okay. Um, I see some people in the chat, again, with Tyree Wilson, looks a little slow off the snap. He hasn't played football since last November when he was in college, and he's coming off an injury. Of course he doesn't look as fast, but... If you did, he bull rushed a couple of times and he got in there, almost got the quarterback a couple of times, which looked pretty dang good for a kid who's not been on the field for a while. So
1: I think if you he's do that, up, he's lifting ahead. up 309 pound linemen Line and he getting them, right them right off center up. and driving them into the backfield. Like yes. all that stuff that we saw him in practice, like moving the sled, and tossing the sled aside. Guess what? That's applicable. And it happened tonight. You yes. go out there and, and go find a 300 pound person in your house and go try to pick them up and move them back six feet and see what happens. Like it ain't going to work for you. And look right. at this guy, does it like it's nothing. Like I mean, he's, he's rusty. Kind of I mean, he's rusty and he's doing that. So I think, yeah. I
0: think you, you look at that. And, and, and again, if you want to look at everything through a negative lens, you can do that. Go ahead. I mean, it's not a great way to live. I don't care if it's just your sports team. Hopefully those folks that are doing that aren't like that in real life Because, man, I I feel for you. I really, as a human being, would feel for you if you walk around the world and everything is woe is me or woe is them or as everything sucks. It's just not a good way to live. But anyway, I also want to thank Ty Davis for a super chat, uh, by the way, which, by the way, all of our super chats this season go to the One Nation Foundation uh, and Murph and and Swag Jeff and Michelle, all the work they do over there for Raider chair. Again, it's helping out Raider nation. We, you saw our t-shirts this week, of course, with the Aiden O'Connell and the Midtown Mo shirt as well. So all that stuff goes. So, so Ty, thank you so much for that. And for your donation to the one nation foundation. Uh, but you look at this, some of the guys, you know, that, that you saw out there and, and we talk about Meek Robertson. I don't think he's going to make the cut. I really don't. He was out there a lot tonight. Didn't look great. Um, one of the guys you talked about, Shelley, Duke, Shelley, Shelley. Had played well the previous two games, but was out there the entire game and really got exposed again. Uh, and and it really was fantastic. Ty Davis with another donation, by the way, Murph. Ah, thank you, gotta, you Ty. You gotta love Ra- great donation. Just fantastic. Thank you, Ty. Uh, we do appreciate that. So so you look at all that and and it, you, you look at him. You look at some of the other guys we talked about, Damian Williams. But overall, I think everyone we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, as far as making this roster will make the roster, uh, and now it gets to the nitty-gritty. It's tough watching those kids out there because you just don't know. I mean, some of these guys, if you think about NFL football players, these guys started playing football when they were kids, most of them, all the way through high school. So their entire life has been built upon trying to get to the NFL. They get there, and now if they get that call tomorrow, Tuesday, um, it it becomes Their dream. They don't know what to do the next day. They've been spending their whole life doing this, so it's hard. You know, yes, we can sit out there and criticize guys for not making because it's a business and it's a tough business. I'm not saying that you don't criticize guys when they don't play well, but at the same time, the reality of how rosters are made in the NFL, it's a tough business, Murph. Because these guys might be at the end of the at the end of the line for them.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the best of the best, and like, and I'm with you, man. And it's you know, and it's also unfortunate that like the guys that are at this level and in, in terms of like, you know, battling for roster spots, like they're not like, you know, they're not, um, you know, compensated. Like the same Paint Manning and Tom Brady over here we're talking about. We're talking <laughs> about guys that are, you know, earning the, the 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 vet or the, you know, the rookie minimums and, uh, and you know, and their earning potential is, is very limited. It's only for a year or two or three, or you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I don't even, I'm, I haven't heard the number in a while, but it used to be like, what? Two and a half years was like the average, nfl you know career so i'm with you on that and i think that there's a human side of it that where we could sit here and blast guys and and all that kind of stuff and be critical of that but i think that there's a, there's a human element and and um you know when you when you get that you know i've had the the good fortune of, of of having to meet a handful of nfl players and and have conversations off the air and things like that and uh, and it's and with guys that are not big prominent players with guys that were like You know, just, just kind of scrappy vets in their, in their career and whatnot. And there's a human side of it that a lot of times gets lost as fans, um, to where, you know, these guys are moving all the time. They're uprooting their families constantly or they're away from their families constantly. So there's, a, there's a level of compassion that I have. And I'm glad that like on the show, like hard knocks, like they've gotten away from that whole idea of like, you know, like putting these guys on display as they get yeah. cut from football teams and their, their dreams are dashed and they're going home for the last time and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so I, I, I'm with you on that. But at the same time, too, like I'm also, You know like I'm also a a, a firm believer in meritocracy and the bottom line is is that you know what this the the NFL is the ultimate meritocracy and if you can't get it done someone's right behind you to do it and so you know that's the way that the thing works because NFL GMs and coaches and everybody else responsible uh, for this football team gets paid on W's you got to put more numbers in the left column than you do in the right and so you want to rely on the players that provide you that opportunity to succeed best and so uh, it's a tough business man it's a Real tough business, and I and I feel for those guys too. So I'm always with you, Scott. When it comes to yeah. these final cutdowns, like there's, I'm split between like my fandom and my heart for humanity. You know,
0: <laughs> sure, of course. I mean, hey, if you're human, that's the way you feel. It's 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 real. Uh, what's interesting though, too, is I'm seeing a lot of folks in the chat on YouTube talking about Caleb Williams tanking for. I don't understand Stop. people that want their teams to tank, especially when. Yes, listen. You have to have a good quarterback, a great quarterback, I believe. You have to have a franchise quarterback in the NFL to win. That's It's a quarterback-driven league. At the same time, I think if you look at what's happened in the league and you see what's going on, uh, there's no way the raid. – first of all, you can't just tank. Because the same people on right now saying tank, 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 uh, number one – if the Raiders started 0-6, you'd be you'd be ready to go nuts on everybody. Fire McDaniels, do this, do that. It wouldn't just be, oh great, we're losing, so we can go get this quarterback. By the way, Caleb Williams will be an Arizona Cardinals. So don't even think about it. He's gonna be an Arizona Cardinal. The Cardinals are terrible. They've already torn down their roster, uh, as you saw as well. So so with the trading of Simmons this past week. So I, I don't understand that piece of it. I do understand that the Raiders are in a progression. They looked better earlier in the in the preseason. Uh, it seems as though, as we talked about last week, people are buying into this system. So you have to let the progress play out. You could disagree with me. I don't care. That's my opinion based on what I watch, what I listen to, uh, listening to the coach on Prescott, everything you can, you can think of. Um, secondly, though, you mentioned kind of in the middle there about Josh Jacobs being signed today. So Josh Jacobs comes into the fold. That was a big deal. We saw the running game for this team, Murph, uh, not look great all preseason. It clearly needed Josh Jacobs, so they get Josh Jacobs in, who seems happy. He basically got a Saquon Barkley type deal, meaning that he comes in. They give him a nice bonus up front. He gets twelve million. He gets an extra two million dollars over what he was going to get, uh, and then we'll, that gives him more time. Basically, it buys them time to to sign him to a longer term deal. But I'm here to tell you is. I don't mean to be the wet blanket. I don't think Josh Jacobs returns to the Raiders next year because I don't think they're going to give him a long-term deal, meaning you don't give the running back three years when he's fifth in his fifth year. You're not going to do it. At eight years, a running back, it drops off a cliff, production, after six years, especially after five. So I don't see it'll happen, but at least they get him happy. They get him into camp. We said he'd be there a week before. Now he's going to be there two weeks before, which is great. So I like the trajectory of where things are going. Do I think the Raiders are going to be a 12-13 wins uh, team? Absolutely not. We may disagree on that, Murph, but uh, I, Mo, Mo and I were clear. We said seven wins. I said high of 10 if things go their way and Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy. So we'll see where that goes. So, so I, I think in the progression of things here, uh, I think level-headed Raider fans uh, have some optimism even if it's cautiously – optimistic.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. And yeah, I do have a little bit more of an optimistic outlook on it. I was the guy that thought we were going to win three games. And especially when like <laughs> last year when Vegas came out that said that we were going to win six games. And I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, that's the easiest money you can possibly spend. And I went to the Bellagio and made my bet. And I didn't win a damn penny because the Raiders couldn't win six games. Or, or six and a half is what the, the number was. And so now the number came out again this year. I think we bumped from six to six and a half. And I'm like... Okay, but I think maybe this time they're we're wrong. Like maybe that's my Raider heart talking, but I think we're you know we could be in a position to are we going to double that? I don't know because we've got a really really tough schedule. But I think the Raiders are going to be sneaky good. I think that the Raiders and like it's like it's such an like a like a freaking tired like opinion to have but used to be like oh my team's gonna go 10 and 6 like everybody thought their team was gonna be 10 and 6 and now the new thing is like 11 and 7 or excuse me 11 and 6 or it's or it's uh or it's 10 and 7 right it was like and so but but like for some reason i feel like that's kind of around where we might end up so that said um i would say this later nation like to, to go to a couple points there all right so first off when you talk about the team tanking like there's and I'm going to save my soapbox and rant here because it's not my show and I don't want to completely well, Mo, go I'll all windbag on here.
0: What we, we're gonna we're gonna Moe's going to come up next segment. But what, I, what I'm okay. going to do is right. I'm going to take right. this final break, Murph, and then you come back and get on that soapbox. What you were just going to okay. say? So so take a breath so you can okay. really get really get it out. We're going to come back in just a all second right. Right. here okay. on Silver and Black today. And Odyssey Original I Podcast. We Mo, appreciate man. you guys being with us. Raiders thirty one. Sixteen. They drop one to the Dallas Cowboys down at Jerry World, and we're recapping that. We're going to be right back after this message. Don't go anywhere. All right, here we are back on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on the radio in Las Vegas on the Bet. Yes, the Bet. Are you making bets? I'm sure you are. Uh, and um, uh, we talked about earlier um, that Mo Moten is on his Bleacher Report live. Hopefully, he'll drop in here in the next few minutes. Uh, but we will talk to him when we get to it. But But before we went to the break, Murph, of course, Murph from Raider Fan Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. I'm at LV Gold. You can follow Mo also at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N on Twitter too. Okay, Murph, before we went to the break, you were going to get on your soapbox. Go.
1: The idea of a team tanking, like I understand that like there are times where teams will make strategic decisions to build for the future in which they will, you know, trade off, uh, veteran players, in order to acquire, you know, uh, draft capital, in order to build for their future. I, I get that idea. It happens in basketball way more frequently than would, and it would ever happen in in the NFL. Even in baseball, you will see that. But it, it versus the NFL, but the idea as a fan, okay, to support this idea of failure, like <laughs> I think, is the most completely misguided approach you can take to your fandom because at that point you're not a fan if you can't support your team in their current state i get it like you might want them to be better at different positions and i get it that like without a franchise qb for your football team the most important position in all of team sports you're going to be limited to your potential for achievement but why would you support failure you can't control who's your quarterback so while Jimmy G is maybe not the guy for the for the indefinite future. Maybe he's the guy for a year. Maybe he's the guy for two years. Maybe he's the guy until he gets hurt, until the next guy comes in. He's my favorite quarterback, and I want him to be as successful as he possibly can be. I don't care how much you hate the goddamn Patriots. You should support Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to be as successful as they possibly can be. Not to overblow this thing, but it's like rooting against politicians. I don't care if you didn't vote for him. We're all Americans. We should support whoever it is that's in office. We want them to be successful because we all in this together. This is Raider Nation. Support the goddamn Raiders. I'm not telling you don't be critical. I'm not telling you don't want for more. But this idea of like, oh, we should do a thing that's negative to the freaking season or the negative – what player in their right mind would want to play for an organization that doesn't care if they don't win? You think Max Crosby is going to be Max Crosby? You think Devontae Adams is going to be Devontae Adams if the Raiders don't give a crap whether they win or lose? this is the most weakest, stupid take in the world. And I'm sorry, you can have that take, and I'm not judging you. Or maybe I am. Like, it's a complete <laughs> attitude, and the idea yes. that you want your team to be bad? I don't get it, man. I I it's Murph. I'm sorry, chat room. And if the YouTube's gonna blow me up, blow me up because I it's a it's an asinine position to have.
0: No, listen. Hey, that's why we have you on. That's why we have you on as the voice of the fan. There you go. Very well said. And I appreciate it, Murph. Mo Moten has now joined us. He is done with his Bleacher Report live. So he comes in here. Uh, My regular co-host is here. Mo, uh, we have been fending off people in the live chat uh, who now believe Aiden O'Connell is terrible, uh, that Tyree Wilson isn't worth the pick he was given. So, yeah, so that's where we're at, Mo, based on (laughs) the third preseason. And I'm exaggerating. Not everybody's that way. But there is a thread going on, and it's in, in the YouTube chat is incredibly lively right now, which we love. Thank you all for being there. Even if we disagree with what you're saying, we appreciate you being there. But, Bo, I want to get your thoughts on the game here. Uh, let's start with Aiden O'Connell, because Aiden O'Connell played behind a third-string offensive line. He had his own struggles, but also made some pretty big-boy throws out there. What's your takeaway from Aiden O'Connell tonight against the Cowboys?
2: I'm just here to bring the fire extinguisher after Murph just put <laughs> on his soapbox. That's all I'm here to I'm just here to put out the fire that Murph just started. <laughs> no, but I I don't I'm not even I wasn't even really focused on Aiden O'Connell too much. Now of course I wanted to see him play well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this performance tonight should sway your opinion either way of Aiden O'Connell. I just explained on my Bleach Report Live that I feel like the Raiders, regardless, have to keep three quarterbacks. Because of the new quarterback rule, you do have you do have access to an emergency quarterback on game day. But that guy has to be on a 53 roster. Right. Right. So the Raiders, to me, with Jimmy G's injury history, already knew they were going to keep both Brian Hora and Aiden O'Connell. You're not going to you're not going to cut Aiden O'Connell. Because dropped, you moved up for him in the fourth round. Brian Hoyer has a knowledge of the system. He's basically a teacher. We all know that. He's basically a teacher in that locker room for the young guys. Chase Garbers, I've said this plenty of times, is not going to make the roster. So who's going to be your third quarterback? It's going to be either Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, and I think Brian Hoyer is QB3. I think Aiden O'Connell has done enough to still get the primary back quarterback job because, in my opinion, if Jimmy G goes down, the best thing that can happen is you throw Aiden O'Connell out there and you see what he's got. You know, they made the comment yeah. during the broadcast that he was drafted in the same position as Dak Prescott. They both yeah. were, I believe, picked 135.
0: 135. So I'm
2: not saying he's going to be Dak Prescott. I'm not saying he's going to be a forefront like Kirk Cousins, who eventually became a starter. But you ha- I think you have to see what you have in Adel O'Connell after what you saw in the preseason. Is he just a preseason Hall of Famer? Is he, you know, or is there something more there? You, I think they'll eventually figure that out because – Chances are Jimmy Garoppolo is going to miss some time. Right. So I think the first thing you do is you put Aiden O'Connell out there and see, OK, do we need to go high or go aggressive for a quarterback in the 2024 draft or not? And you can only figure that out if Aiden O'Connell plays in the regular season when the Bulls are live.
0: And and we got about six minutes left here on the show, Mo. And, and we've said all along, Aiden O'Connell, at best, we thought he won the number two job, and you kind yep. of reiterated that right now. And that's it. So you don't have to look past that. Uh, but it was a great story. And it continues to be. Uh, what about Tyree Wilson? What'd you see? I mean, he had a couple little struggles there. But he also, as Murph pointed out and was very animated on before you got on the show, he picked up a 300 pound lineman. Um, and a lot of people very critical of Tyree Wilson. I'm like, look, the guy hasn't stepped on a field since November. So let's let's give him a little pass in his first live action in the NFL.
2: I have no strong thoughts whatsoever about Tyree Wilson. You just said it. He hasn't played since November. Yeah. He missed basically all of training camp. He just came back last week on the practice field. How can you have any strong opinion of Tyree Wilson playing some snaps in a preseason game after he just came off of foot surgery and missed a big chunk or almost all of training camp? Now, had he played the entire or practiced the entirety of training camp and he just showed nothing during the preseason. That's a different story. He's just now getting his feet wet. I I said it on on social media that he's barely going to see, probably barely going to see the field in the first, you know, four to six games. I'm looking at Tyree Wilson to make an impact in the second half of the season. Byron Young as well. Byron Young came back right before Tyree Wilson, but those two guys, I'm looking for them to complete that defensive line in the second half of the season. I'm not expecting much from them. In the first half of the season, because they missed a lot of time with injuries.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, and that's the thing. I, and I, I reiterated too that that the third preseason game is the worst preseason game to watch if you're just a fan because you're getting a lot of guys. Look, the roster is pretty much made up. There wasn't like there was there wasn't maybe maybe it tops three guys that were actually competing to still yeah. get on the roster if you're lucky. Maybe three, maybe two. Outside of that, these are all guys trying to showcase themselves and the team being generous and, and giving them a thank you for their hard work during camp to try to showcase themselves if they can make a couple nice plays and maybe catch on somewhere when the Raiders cut them on Tuesday.
2: The positions that you needed to look at closely tonight were the cornerbacks on the field because it's very competitive. I don't think anyone really separated themselves in that group tonight, unfortunately. The linebacker group kind of pissed me off today. The 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 middle of the field was wide open way too many times. Hunter Lipke looked like the second coming of Mike Allstott had over 110 yards total. I didn't like the way the linebackers competed today, considering that we all know the linebacker core is shallow and the guys are competing for back and roster spots. Just wasn't impressed a lot. Too many missed tackles as well. On the defensive line, wasn't really impressed. Not a lot of pressure on Will Greer. Uh, the, the, The Cowboys went at the line of scrimmage, but the one bright spot i will say i think Nesta jay severa showed something tonight he did and a quarterback Absolutely. hit and i think he played pretty well and i think he's going to make the roster over matthew butler who was drafted in the fifth round last year
0: yeah i agree 100 percent. murph mentioned him earlier uh we got a couple minutes left guys murph before we go because mo uh, i want to wrap up with you in a second but murph tell everybody about one nation foundation what you guys are doing there and how people can help out
1: well, thank you for asking, Scott. Yeah, appreciate the platform as always. Uh, so One Nation Foundation is the nonprofit that we started when we realized we could raise money with our show, Raiders Fan Radio. So uh, any of the money that we get through advertising, direct donations, merchandise sales, you name it, we give that money away to different Raiders related charities. Uh, We give it uh, our biggest uh, donation. It goes to the Blitnikoff Foundation, uh, which fosters Tracy's Place of Hope that provides uh, protective and rehabilitative services and a safe place for young women uh, at risk of domestic violence and substance abuse. Uh, We also give to the Raider Dad folks that provide uh, trips to Raider games and tailgates for underprivileged kids and their families. Uh, And that's just just a couple of of of, more, of many that we're getting ready to uh, uh, to launch into as we continue through 2023 and into next year. Um, we've had some considerable partners join us. You guys have been amazing, Scott. You have been amazing in in helping us realize new heights with our foundation. Um, and and also too, I can I can tell this is the first time we've said this on the air anywhere. Um, we've partnered up with Will Compton, the Bussin' with the Boys guys. Yes. Um, they have they, they have partnered up with us to contribute to the mon- to the foundation monetarily, and uh, and we're just really thrilled and thankful for those guys and thankful for their Heart for Charity, much like you guys have uh, as as well. And so shout out the boys, man. Uh, shout out Will, man. We, we just couldn't be more appreciative of that. Uh, and if you want to give to the foundation, you can go to onenationfoundation.net. Uh, you can donate directly there. And if you can't donate directly, we would just ask you that you support the show. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, find that on an audio podcast. It ain't about building the show's audience, but every time that you support us with a subscriber or a view or any of that stuff, It generates advertising opportunities for us, and 100% of that money goes to the foundation. So thank you, everybody, that supports us so very, very much. And thank you, Scott and Mo, as always, for the platform here uh, post-Raider Game
0: absolutely thank you guys for everything you do mo it's remarkable the work you're doing and the impact you're having within raider nation it really is a charity from raider fans to help out others in their community uh it is a family and that's pretty amazing so thank you for what you're doing and again any super chat we get this year is going right to the one nation foundation you can also get your right. midtown mo right. t-shirt and yeah um, i ordered
1: mine today i got my midtown mo and my irish cannon shirt on the way
0: there you go. Both those shirts from our good our good friend at dc4lcustomtees.com. If you order there, $4 from every shirt goes to the One Nation Foundation, so do that. Murph, we're going to say goodbye to you, but we're, uh, we're going to see you next week, or exactly two weeks for week one.
1: All right. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thank you all. Appreciate you, Murph. Right,
0: there you go. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Of course, our voice of the fan, which we we certainly appreciate everything that he does. And it really is amazing because they not just do a great show, which is so entertaining. I can't tell you enough. Make sure you go subscribe there. But, Mo, in closing, um, obviously not a ton to talk about from the game. We talked a little about it ad nauseum already. Uh, but uh, coming up, we have roster cuts on Tuesday by 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. We will drop a new show Tuesday morning with a couple special guests. Uh, But then we'll probably end up doing a special show or at least a a silver and black blitz to evaluate any surprises or what the Raiders did. Uh, But it's a big week ahead with these rosters. um, And I know that you'll be covering that at Bleacher Report as well as Knot.
2: Absolutely. I actually have a live, I'll actually go live on Bleacher Report as soon as the Raiders make their cuts. Usually that's pretty late. Usually the Raiders are the last to put their roster moves in. <laughs> so whenever that happens, I will go live and I will chat with everyone in Raider Nation who's up and at them and just wants to talk about the surprises, things that you maybe uh, wanted to happen or still want to see happen. Maybe you, you still feel uneasy about a certain position on the roster you want to talk about. We can talk about it live on, on the Bleacher Report app.
0: There you go. So stay tuned. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the show here, Silver and Black, today. If you're listening to us on The Bet in Las Vegas, thanks for listening. We will be back with you Tuesday. Uh, I have a feeling we might have a Silver and Black Blitz, either from Mo or I, on Monday as well. So stay tuned for that one. But I want to thank Murph for being with us. I want to thank all of you guys for watching in live and for being part of it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube. The YouTube chat today was off the charts. We appreciate it. You guys are arguing a lot in there. Most of you are well-natured. Some of you are not. You're policing (laughs) yourself, so I'll let you take care of that. Uh, But we certainly appreciate you guys being with us. Mo, I will talk to you again, man, on Tuesday. Should
2: be a good time either way. Whatever happens, happens. Raider Nation, we'll be here to talk about it.
0: That's right. All right. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Momo, and I am Scott this has been Silver and Black Tonight. We'll talk, or excuse, excuse me, Silver and Black today at night. Yes, late night on our side of the coast. So anyway, take care of yourselves, Raider Nation, and we'll talk to you soon.